Welcome to E20, your unofficial EastEnders podcast. We give you weekly roundups of Walford life. And welcome to another Halloween special. <laughs> I'm the demon that stole Kathy's skin. And now I'm parading around and making her do wicked things. Connor. And I'm Emma, just like Martin. I've put my hood up and I'm invisible. What have we got coming up this week, Connor? Well, we have your weekly roundup covering all things Rainy, Martin, Tegan and much more. We will be giving you your hero of the week and telling you who needs a slapping down. And of course, due to it also being our Halloween special, we have a few spooky segments coming your way. We have another entry into Mostly Ghostly. Yes, Sharon and Denny left us at the Queen Vic last week. Ooh. wonder what they're getting up to now. And then we also have another little segment where I will be testing Emma once again in Whose Line Is It Anyway? The Threatening Edition. Oh, God, help me. (laughs) (laughs) There's some treats. I I guessed that from you. I really did. But first... Here's a Halloween jingle. One, two, watch, she's coming for you. Three, four, Stella's back for more. Five, six, beware, nasty Dean Wicks. Seven, eight, Chris, he's coming for Kate. Nine, ten, Den's returned again. I curse you, curse the lot of you. I can't believe we're on episode six already. Won't be long till we're on episode six, six, six. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't resist. It's the Halloween specials. Definitely. Uh, also a big thank you to everyone who has followed us on twitter and instagram if you haven't already we are at e20 podcast on twitter and at e20 underscore podcast on instagram but first and babe has a message for you i curse you curse the lot of you i think they'll be following me now <laughs> <laughs> well they're better because and babe you know she can get quite nasty so you know if they don't want to be haunted by her Oh, which not even dead. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't seen no her. No one's seen her. No, no one's seen her. And speaking of Twitter, Emma. Yes. What has no one out of all of our followers noticed? Oh, our Twitter header. Has <laughs> anyone actually noticed? We worked hard on that, guys. <laughs> like no one's even commented on it once. <laughs> Maybe they just see it and think, what is wrong with them yeah. too? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's not as funny as what we thought it was. <laughs> So Connor is Phil Mitchell and I am Sharon Mitchell in our Twitter header in a lovely family photo. Yeah, like I was expecting, and this is a little bit of a shout out to our best Twitter pal, Ben Mitchell. (laughs) Oh yeah, he loves you. (laughs) (laughs) I was expecting Ben to have spotted this, but actually he hasn't. No one has. And if you have, please let us know. We want to hear. Do I look good as as Phil Mitchell. Or does he look threatening like I think he does? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You love that for us. <laughs> I do. I love that for us. <laughs> so you've brought some treats this week because there's been no cake bacon in my house. Yes, I've brought for us a little collection of chocolates from Thornton's. Because, I mean, you know, podcasts can be hungry work. Oh, it is because I've ate most of them and we've just done the intro, so... <laughs> Well, I think maybe we should get another chocolate and then carry on with the show. So we're going to start off this roundup with the greatest storyline ever on EastEnders. The one we all love. The one we've all been enjoying and just getting so engrossed in. It's Martin versus Ben. (laughs) The most pointless storyline ever. I just don't get it. I'm sorry. No one's chasing Stacy. Why is she still away? Martin shouldn't be getting threatened by Ben. It's so out of character for Ben anyway. Like, I'm sorry. Listen, I know that sometimes he does evil things, but is Ben actually, like, evil or is he redeemable? Because they need to make that up. They well, need what to are they doing that. to Martin at the moment? He's had a sudden personality change. He's, like, completely flipped. He's put his hood up. He's a whole different man. I think depending on the writer who's writing that episode, 
you end up with a different version of Ben <laughs> or Martin because one minute Martin is like selling fruit on his, you know, fruit and veg stall. The next, he's debt collecting. And beating people and up. beating people up. The next minute, Ben is like, you know, dancing to Lady Gaga and then he's smacking Heather in the head with a photo frame. They were different Bens. They were different Bens, <laughs> bless them. They were. But that brings us on to this really important point. Ben is not irredeemable as a like as his core character ben has accidentally killed heather and every other criminal like thing that he's ever been up to has no, almost always been about trying to impress phil or being a mitchell like he is not like some sort of sinister evil entity and yet then randomly they just throw a storyline like people trafficking yeah his way or like threatening martin or blackmailing Stacy, like you know all these other things like it just doesn't make sense for his character and i just find it hard to believe martin every time he got a text from ben would feel (laughs) terrified i mean this is the guy who once kidnapped ben it's just so weird i just don't get it i don't understand it like we're meant to believe that ben and callum have something special that callum's bringing out the light side of ben but like then the other day he turns around goes kindness is a weakness i'm like Jesus, all right. Like, <laughs> didn't realize Ben's transformed into Jack the Ripper. <laughs> like, <laughs> people trafficking, kindness is a weakness, debt collecting. It's getting a bit, like, much now, isn't it, to try and, like, rebalance that out as, oh, he's just a lovable rogue. I mean, you have to make your decision. Is he a lovable rogue or is he, like, some evil dictator in the making? I don't understand where you're going with these storylines. And this one in particular, yes, everything's weird. I have questions about just just the debt collected in general <laughs> in the area. Yes, uh, not just the geography of the area. Yes, <laughs> so it's not just a storyline that's a bit odd. It's it's this. Why did they take the car <laughs> <laughs> to collect the money? And it was just, just under the bridge, literally around the corner, yeah. because then Martin walked. Round and then went in the through market. into the market. <laughs> so I was like, well, guys, you've, you've took the car. That's a bit of a waste. Yeah. Did uh, they, were they just afraid it was going to rain? Did they get like a weather forecast? Well, Martin rain? did have his hood up. So you don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> how did no one know each other considering it was literally round near the Argy Bargy? Yeah. Oh, God. I love the Argy Bargy. Is putting your hood up a good disguise these days? And how did no one see them fighting? Mm. I just have no idea. What is going on? That whole storyline has completely confused me. Why was there a girl who looked just like Lucy? <laughs> like, what was that? She looked identical to old Lucy Beale. I thought that too. I was like, why did she not just play the one who was lying down all the time? Yeah, she should have. It would have been a thousand times better. <laughs> the whole thing has just led to so many questions for me. I mean, for me, like you, why did you take a car there? Was it going to rain? Is that why you've decided to take the car so you can just sit in it in case it rains? Or when did Martin suddenly become like Vin Diesel? He is now suddenly like Batman in the making. He's getting his hood up. He's beating people up. He's collecting debt. He's giving cash away to the poor and then taking it back off her. Like, when did he just become so hard? I feel like he's suddenly transformed again, a bit like Ben, when they just transform him into someone else. Martin's now suddenly this tough guy. I'm like, hmm. I feel like I'm doing a puzzle when I watch it. I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. I'm trying to work out yeah. how to piece everything together. Can I just say, I would not feel threatened. In by particular, the, that scene. Yeah, I just wouldn't be threatened by a man who sells fruit and veg. Like, I'm <laughs> sorry. Like, that just does not intimidate me at all. It just doesn't. And I just don't understand where they're hey, going with it. Martin has put on a leather jacket, put his hood up. He's a threatening man these That's days. That's true. And he's now got a scar to prove it. Oh, shout out to Dr. Oh. Son. Who done a terrible job. <laughs> yes, normally Son is on it, isn't she? Did you see? I think it was on Friday's episode where the... Peeling off. <laughs> the bar was peeling off. I wonder if she also did Phil's like surgery, and that's why it looks so bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the scar on the back of his head. I love how he just didn't tell Sonia what was happening. She was already angry anyway, you might yeah. as well just told her. She, yeah, exactly. It's not like she does anything about it. No. And she was like, Phil owes me one, blah, blah, blah. Well, mention it. Mention yeah. it, Martin. Yeah. Make Sonia do something? I mean, it does make me laugh again. I would like to see what happens to her. Will she put her hood up? Will she become evil? I don't know. Will she become dark Sonia? (laughs) (laughs) I just love it, though, because 
Ben was saved by Son. That's what she's referring to. You, yeah. Phil, Phil owes her one because, you know, she saved Ben. And Ben is now blackmailing the father of her child. I think Sonia would probably be like, what? Yeah, it's so weird. It's just like, so strange. Ben's the blackmailing line. me. Huh? Yeah. Like us all. Like huh? us all. <laughs> We're all a bit like, why is this happening? How is he blackmailing him? How is he blackmailing with a video that's on his phone <laughs> of Martin stealing a car? Do you not think the police would be like, hold on. Martin Fowler just randomly decides to steal a car. Um, I think it's more likely they're going to think that Ben, who owns or like, you know, works at the Arches the at the very least, as well. is going to be involved in that. It's just that whole... Th- it just does not work as a storyline. They need to stop it. I know that they... I think they maybe just went too far along with it and now they're just kind of stuck with the storyline. Yeah, because there's so many ways they could have done Lacey's maternity, maternity leave. Yeah, They went on holiday. They moved out for a few months or something. She could have had another bipolar episode. Episode, yeah. and could have went to island like that. Find a lost, long lost son. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, they went with this, which doesn't actually make sense the longer it goes on. Yeah, it's getting more and more. It's becoming weird to follow and too complicated. Like, I mean, it's just I say, how is Ben going to ever be able to use that evidence he has without implicating himself? Yes, that's what I don't get. This is the thing that's annoying us when I watch it. Yeah. I mean, you know, I know EastEnders police aren't exactly the brightest To bunch. be fair, he tried to kill his dad anyway. I exactly. don't understand. I don't understand this anymore. We need to petition them like, and just tell them he was to bring gonna... this to an end. Kill him after Stacey had hit him anyway. Exactly. It's just too much, Connor. It, too I just, much. I just can't anymore, Emma, with this one. I just can't. And it looks like you know, evil must run in the family because we're moving on to Kathy Beale. So transformations must run in the family as we talk about Kathy Beale. Yes, another person who's changed from kindly grandmother to sinister villain. <laughs> I mean, because that just happens. Slash drug dealer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she had a bit of a, a change as well. Yeah. Uh, presenting Rainy with drugs, which we saw the previous week. Yeah. To now turning Rainy into a full on drug addict again. Yeah. Horrific story. Disgusting. Line. Horrific. Like, uh, and I know, like, obviously, Kathy has a big following and stuff. And and even in the past, I've liked Kathy. But at the moment, her as a character is probably one of the more deplorable characters on the show. And I don't understand where it's come from. Again, it's a bit like the whole Ben and Martin situation where she's jumped from being someone who faked her own death to now supplying addicts. Yeah, she was talking about making mistakes in the cafe. I was like, just making mistakes and then knowing someone has a drug addiction and then presenting drugs to them like a bag of drugs to them that could have caused an overdose she could have died i was like kathy that's yeah no it went to it she's went too dark i think for her to be like redeemable at this point i think she's gonna have to work a lot and they're gonna have to do a lot of rewriting of her character to get her back to being like kindly grandmother kathy who opens a gay bar do you not feel like that's what they're trying to do already by her giving Stuart a job as a kind mm. of sorry yeah that is the weirdest thing as well because like bless you I love him and actually his transformation is one of the ones that we like I get that because you still see his bad side you you still get that yeah. that's not changed and he has been an addict and you've seen him yeah evolve and become like quite nice and quite funny but yeah. yes he still has that dark element so it, he's not changed well, really I loved when he um when he was like, you know, furious with Kathy and you could see that darkness coming back. I was like, oh my God, he's going dark, Stuart. He's going dark, <laughs> Stuart. Everyone run. <laughs> run. Run. <laughs> Mick, quickly, lock the Vic. <laughs> like, I, when I saw that, I thought he was going to go total dark. But then I was a bit disappointed that the next day, he just gets a job. <laughs> Although he did give her a great line about not leaving without his full oh, English full breakfast. English. I mean, that was a, cork, a corker of a line. Fabulous. That is literally me. I'm not leaving without my full English. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, it is. It is. What um, I like about Stuart is if it wasn't for him, Rainey probably wouldn't be getting the help or knowing she needed it. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm assuming she called the police. Oh, yeah. I, I presume it's I her. did find it funny when 
she punched Kathy when the police arrived. <laughs> I love it. We've, we've had a report of an assault. No, officer. Not yet. You have now. <laughs> Douche. <laughs> Brilliant. Because <laughs> she got caught by Stuart nearly taking drugs in front of Baby Abby, Abby full name. Baby, yeah, Abby. Baby Abby. No one calls her Abby. Yeah. Guys, I don't think it's actual Abby Brannon back. <laughs> yes, I don't think anyone's going to think a miracle's happened and the dead has rules. <laughs> like... <laughs> So yes, baby Abby. Yes. <laughs> so Stuart came and obviously threw them. Yeah. And that's, I think, when Rainey thought how much Stuart loves her mm. and he was helping her. She wanted to take that time in prison. However, I do have some questions about the time she's going to be mm. doing in prison for the same thing Phil Mitchell done to Jono, but only had his passport taken by the police. Yeah, it does make sense. It literally doesn't make sense. What is happening? Like, I don't understand how... Because didn't say she had previous? Yeah. Surely Phil Mitchell's got blooming previous. He definitely does. He has, like, attempted murders and everything hanging over his head. And thefts and armed robbery. He went to jail for armed robbery, didn't he? Or, like, robbery of some building at one point. Because that brought us that fabulous bit where he flushed Ian Beale's head down the toilet. But... <laughs> um, classic. Yeah, classic. <laughs> but, yeah, he definitely has previous. So why is he not going to jail for three months? I mean, I know he's not been around on the square. We haven't seen him for like a, a few a few weeks now. Like it seems like since since that whole thing happened. Oh God, I miss him and Sharon. I know. Come back. But now, Rainey's going down for three months. Do you know what's really sad as well? It's like it was that realization as well of like herself, like Rainey pointing out to Kathy that you know she is an addict. She knows that she took those drugs. But Kathy put that back in her. And so to get better, she's now opted to go to prison for, for Abby's sake and Stuart's sake. I think that's so sad. And with that on her record, is she going to actually get Abby back? No, probably not. Probably not. Well, definitely not. I wouldn't imagine so. So Kathy has basically ruined her own family. Although saying her own family is quite of a stretch because what is her relation to this? She is not the great-grandmother of Pat Abby. is! Pat is! It's getting on my nerves because I'm like, Stephen <laughs> Beale is not Ian's biological son. I know, it's so... And to be fair, Kathy, did you ever see him? You were playing dead. Exactly. She never even really met him. She met him, like, what, in his last few years of life. And that was when he was crazy as well. Exactly. So, <laughs> so come on. <laughs> I just, I'm sorry, Kathy is, like, is in my bad books. She is at this point... Although when Stuart did threaten her um, and threaten obviously Ben and, and Ian, Kathy pointed out one thing that would stop Stuart, and that's that Callum is in love with Ben. So onto a story that we're actually really, really enjoying and are really invested in. It's the Wit and Callum show. Slash Ben, slash Leo, slash Stuart, everyone slash else. Tim. Yeah, <laughs> they're all involved. It's the everyone show. <laughs> I love this like little love triangle, like rectangle that's now like evolved into this great big web of like Leo trying to worm his way in and Tiff trying to help Wit and Wit just being hopelessly in love with Callum and Callum just trying to be friends with Wit. I mean, they're just loving it. I'm invested in this whole See, thing. I'm totally invested in this one. Yeah. This is what EastEnders is. Yes. I like this. Keep this going. Yes, this is the storyline for us. And also, it looked like good Ben was on his best behaviours. Yes, he was, he was back. Date. He was back. He wasn't being evil. He wasn't exploiting people or blackmailing. He was, he was having a nice little time. And chilling out and just relaxing. I did love his little eye roll when he saw Whitney, though. That oh, yeah. was funny. That was class. What a bitch. See, that's the Ben that we know. <laughs> yes. The no the little evil way of Ben. I love yeah, that. It's a yeah, it's Ben we know and love. Come back, yes. this Ben. Not, we don't like him when he's being really, really wicked and trying to, like, you know, ship people off to God knows where or blackmail Martin. But, yeah, this date was basically planned to be the big date, wasn't it, Emma? Oh, it was. I saw photos everywhere online about this date. Yeah. So I thought, oh, we must be getting, be like, something big here. It was, what, a couple of seconds, minutes? I don't we know. were literally in that bar for about half an hour together. But we saw about five seconds of that. <laughs> <laughs> because Ben then leaves and Callum joins Whitney. It's just so weird. It's and just thank so God weird. he did. How creepy is oh, Leo? Oh, God. We need to talk about the fact that Leo basically spent that entire time trying to interrogate Whitney to get some like information about tony is like creepy dad 
I don't know how she didn't think that was weird and why she didn't yes. stop him talking about it. Who the hell doesn't pick up on that? It's like one of their first main dates mm. and he's, and you he, can tell me this, you can tell me blah, blah, blah. You can tell blah, me blah. anything, tell me all about it. And it's like, sorry, no, what? Why that should she? That is so weird. That is so weird. And also, like, he is just creepy in general. Like, he looks creepy. He shuffles around creepily. And I, why does he hate Callum so much? I don't actually understand I that I love bit. that. He just purely hates him he for no power reason. He absolutely hates him. Yeah. I think it's because he thinks he's a rival. And then, like, yeah. But then at the same time, you <laughs> look and funny. you're like, it's just ridiculous. He's just, like, he literally just kissed a man over there. He's clearly not interested in Whitney that way. But I suppose he just sees him as a rival towards, like, his goals, I suppose, as well. Like, yeah, because he's always there to help her and he doesn't yeah. want anyone to help Whitney. He wants yeah. to be able to get all the information out of her, which is just creepy. He's just weird. He's just a creepy weirdo. I he's just, so weird. So weird. And what's his relationship with Grey? Because he was saying he interviewed him for a job. But yes. there's something there where I'm thinking they know each other There a was a weird, a weird little moment, wasn't there, between them? That was that was dodge. I mean, to be fair, Gray's little description of him was creepy as well. Anyway, when he was yes, like, that's why I thought maybe there's a bit more to this yeah. than just this whole interview. Because he was like, he's he just rambled on about like injustice and stuff like that. I'm like, if someone did that and they applied for a law firm, would people not be a bit freaked out by him? Yeah, like, and you can clearly see they're hiring him. So yes, <laughs> I mean, we know that's what's going to stay on the square. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love when she she like had that moment with Tiff and Tiff basically just sussed out everything that this evil little creep was doing. She was just like, sorry, you were talking to me though at their wedding. She and sussed out that two-year storyline straight, straight away. Straight away. I love Detective Tiff. She is so on it. But she's so right. How creepy is that one minute he's talking to her on the square next he's on the honeymoon with Wit? Yeah. And knows exactly where everyone is. It's so bizarre. There's it coincidences and then there's being as creepy as Leo. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It's weird. Tiff's the only person who spotted this as well. How does no one else in that square notice that Leo is literally stalking them all? Yes. Uh-huh. And how come no one's contacted Bianca? Oh, God, please. Mother of the year. Like, <laughs> she comes to the square, brings with her Tony King's, like, evil son, and then basically doesn't, doesn't tell, tell anyone. anyone. <laughs> I love that. And then just nicks off again. Must be nice, Bianca. Hope that cruise was worth it that you said you were going on. I just, I don't get why you wouldn't mention it. Yeah. Yeah. She think money's just solved that. She gave him a bit of money. He's going to go away. Yeah, he's clearly obsessed with his dad, who he never knew. <laughs> it's just so weird. I mean, I love how we're calling it. We're like, it's weird, but we're like, we're invested oh, in we it. Oh, we are. Like, we are it, so invested. It is my favorite storyline, I have to be honest, because <laughs> I just love it all. I love the whole Callum and Whitney dynamic of it. I love when... <laughs> Well, Whitney, when she tried to kiss Callum. Oh, I know. God. And I mean, that was a rejection, wasn't it? He was like, no, wait, I'm into men. I was like, <laughs> I was like well, you could have taught her that a few years ago. Um, but you know, Callum. You saved some money on the wedding. <laughs> but then you had her little moment with Stuart. Oh, my God. When they were sitting together, I was like, oh, hang on. Mm. What are they planning here? Well, I think that might be a thing. I don't know, I'm just shipping everyone. I mean, I had Lola and Karat together last week. But I mean, <laughs> honestly, I genuinely oh, Cupid think, Connor in the corner there. <laughs> Call me Valentine. <laughs> <laughs> like, honest, I actually think that that might be a thing that they're trying to seed her with Stuart. Like... They have had a lot of moments together. They have. Look at after He's the wedding. He's always there to help. He comforted her after the wedding. Wasn't Callum wasn't Callum at all. He comforted her when she went, you know, plain clothes and went to the park and sat on the swings. Like, he came over and found her. And so. while Rainey's away, Stuart may play. It's Tegan time. I love that. Shout out to Chico. <laughs> <laughs> yes, onto another storyline that we're actually really invested in as well. It is... Detective Tiff's little rendezvous with Keegan. Yeah, they got a nice little fancy hotel, didn't they, off Grey? Yeah. Did no one question the young people who yes. <laughs> just took over their room? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I just love that. <laughs> just waltz in there, pretending to be a man of like 30 or something and a woman of like 20, whatever. No one questioned it. No one questioned it. 
Was there no sort of ID involved in booking this, like a credit card or anything? I love when Keegan was running around the hotel like, oh my God, massive TV, all this. <laughs> I was like, this is me when I go on holiday. Oh it's my God, have well. you seen this? I was like, oh my God. <laughs> it is so what everyone is like when they're like kids. It's brilliant. It really <laughs> captured that like innocence, didn't it, to it? Like, I mean, it was just beautiful. I loved it. I loved the hotel scenery. Um, <laughs> I might stay there myself. I know. I'm quite... <laughs> Why don't we book in? Under obviously Mr. Grey, Mr. Oh. Grey and his um, wife will have to. Oh, I think people that. might think Mr. Grey is someone else. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, this led to a proposal. Yeah, it did. I mean, I'm not sure that everyone would propose to someone right after losing their virginity to them. But okay, it was a very, it was a very innocent, very heartfelt. It, do you know what it is? It really seals for me. I mean, it was slightly devastating because, you know, anyone who listens to this knows that I am slightly obsessed with Keegan. But, I mean, I'm obsessed with most men on the squad, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> I was going to say, you're not really narrow. <laughs> nah, I'm yeah, not. Yeah. You're like everyone. <laughs> everyone. Everyone who's a hunk, and that's everyone. Um, like, I did love that little moment where they did that because, in a way, it does encapsulate their innocence. You know, they're so childlike and so innocent that they think straight after losing this virginity, do I? <laughs> let's get married. Let's get married. I'm in love with you now. I mean, that's so sweet. And it is like really sweet and kind and like precious. Like, that's got to fit. I just want to hold them. I just want to be, oh, oh. <laughs> of course you want to hold Keegan. Well, of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, everyone else was outraged. Oh, yes. That was so weird. Can we just talk about all the people who were outraged at them? No one on that square has a leg to stand on, especially the people who are outraged. Jack. Jack. My God. Who was he? Who was he again? Oh, yeah. The man who moved onto the square after his actions led to the crippling of his former child. And then he ended up having an affair with two sisters. He's been married to quite a f- Well, nearly married to a few people. He's dead almost everyone on that square. Uh-huh. Every woman... In like the 30 to 40 age bracket, he's dated. There's not a single one he hasn't. Between him and Max have been through everyone. I'm surprised he hasn't tried on with Karen yet. But I mean, if Denise ever dies or leaves, probably. Karen's next. Yeah, she'll be in there. Yeah, Karen was outraged. Oh my God, yeah. Karen, the woman, I mean, I, listen, I, I love adore Karen. Karen. I absolutely adore Karen. But how can she be mad at her son deciding to get married to the girl that he says he loves and has very strong feelings for. When she has had about eight children to numerous men. (laughs) I mean, it's just like, what? And then Sonia, who was pregnant, didn't realise. Yes. My God, like Sonia, pregnant at what, like 14, 15, um, was on and off with Jamie Mitchell, but failed to mention to him that that's Martin's baby. And then Martin ran him over, which is where clearly Doc Martin I comes mean, from. Clearly, that's where Doc Martin comes from. <laughs> he just wanted Sonia all to himself. <laughs> Gives a whole new element to him now, doesn't it? <laughs> but yeah, like who has the right to say that to them? Max, Max getting on oh his God. high horse. Yeah, he's Meanwhile, been with literally everyone. He's dating Ruby. What is she like? Thirty years younger than him. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to be funny, but Max has been with Lucy Beale, Ruby, Stacy. When Stacy was young as well. Yeah. I want to know what Bernie thinks because obviously she loves to. Oh, yeah. She's, and Keegan's her brother. Now, that's something I want to know more about. Can you remember when okay. Bernie, bless her, tried it on with Shaquille? That was brilliant. <laughs> what a beautiful moment. So now they're all living in uh, Jack's house. So it's like the cast of Annie in there. Oh, He's got God. all the kids. It's like ridiculous. I looked the other day and I was like, who the hell are all these people in this house? Do you remember when Bobby was almost living there as well? I know. I was writing them down. I was like, so there's uh, Ricky, Amy, <laughs> Tiff, Keegan, Max, full name of Baby Abby, yeah. <laughs> Jack, Denise stays there a lot. Ruby must stay there with Max sometimes. How? Rainy was there. <laughs> Obviously, she's not anymore. How many Beds does this house possess. It's impossible for that to be that. Like, it just doesn't make sense. 
It's like it's like the Mitchell house was the exact same just a few weeks ago. Obviously, the Slaters as well. Oh my god! It Christmas last year. Jack has literally they had come. everyone. <laughs> the Slaters house. Which they might not have much longer. So speaking of the Slater household, the one they may not soon own, we're going to cover the greatest storyline of this week, Cush fixing the Slater's fridge. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Hallelujah! Uh, Hallelujah! Oh my God, what a gift. What a what gift a from gift. God. <laughs> what a gift. That was amazing. I think my reaction was a bit like Moe's. I feel like we should have gotten a little like extra position in there and been like, can we just take seats next to... Take more. (laughs) (laughs) Just sat there like this. (laughs) Just smiling. (laughs) You know what? In the ratings, this brings them up a whole point. Oh, yes. My God. Absolutely. A whole point. It has to go for that one fridge moment. (laughs) So tasty. It's almost as good as the shower moment with, uh, you know, my Bex was like spying on, (laughs) spying on Kush a few weeks back. You know what the fridge reminded me of? It's in Friends when Joey feels he has to eat everything out of the fridge. It's like, oh my god, that's gonna be them now. They're gonna have to all just quickly have to everything. eat everything out of the fridge. <laughs> Jean can always just bake it into a new kind of sausage surprise. Oh, the return of sausage surprise. Oh, <laughs> absolutely, I'm all for that. So, yes, Kush realized that the slate has had a few other problems. Yeah, a few other problems. He noticed he had a few letters that they didn't yeah. seem to be opening. No. Thanks, Big Mo. Well done, Mo. <laughs> Always the, you know, the wisdom of the family. She always makes the right choices. Yeah, so it turns out they're having more money problems. Yeah. Obviously, they had to give all their cash back to Phil. Yes. That would have been handy. Yeah. Unfortunately, they don't have that cash. And it looks like they're in some housing issues. Yes. But off air, when me and Emma were writing our notes, we talked about how everyone is presuming that this is Janine who owns the house and she's coming back. But is it really Janine's anymore? Exactly. Because she did sell some properties. So is this one of them? Mm. Because would Janine really let Stacey and Kat and exactly. that live in that house? Exactly. Her and Stacey weren't exactly friends. Yeah, they weren't. I mean, and would Stacey really want Janine as a landlord? Exactly. That's <laughs> why I think. Like, why would they want to live in Janine's house? Why? That's a like that's quite a big question to ask. Why would they want to live in the house of a woman who framed Stacy for like attempted murder? I just find it a bit weird. Like maybe they're making us believe there's a Janine return, yeah. but actually we're not going to get we're one. We're getting our hopes up, and we're not going to actually get one. I thought, what if actually there is a Janine return, but in a slightly different vein? So yes, Janine did own the house maybe when they first went in there, but now she doesn't. She's lost everything, and that's why, obviously, they're getting, like, pestered and pestered by whoever this really is, because I don't think that they're probably the most reliable <laughs> renters. <laughs> but, like, I think that's probably why they're getting, like, pestered yeah, yeah. now. I wonder if Janine has actually lost all of her properties and will be returning because that she's be got nothing. so interesting. Mm. I would like that. I love Janine. I love Janine. Or could lead to another storyline with Martin because we've seen that he's involved in a lot of money issues. Yeah, so I think maybe Mo could start lending money mm-hmm. and then they could start blackmailing Martin a bit more in this bit. Yeah. Or maybe Martin has to borrow money and then that puts him in a difficult position with Ben. Yeah, and yeah. then this all leads to Stacey's return or mini return. I mean, Prakash has, for better or worse, has become involved in like the slate has problems in more ways than one because like not only is he dating cat and has that money problem also looming over his head he's the one who brought martin back in the first place and for a good reason but he's brought him back and martin's now involved in all these money issues so it's definitely going to lead to martin and kush being involved in all this money drama i think i think there's going to be a storyline there where whoever lends the money it's probably going to be from the mitchells and it's probably going to lead the two of them to having to deal with ben mitchell and then this will all bring Stacey back bring as back well, Stacey. yeah. Yeah. I, I think, agree, yeah. I think it could be like that. That would be interesting. But I think we have to just talk about that Kush has been on a roll the last few weeks as well. 
I mean, oh, he's been a right hero to everyone, hasn't he? He has. Fixing the fridge is one thing, but he's been there for Gene. <laughs> I mean, he was a hero for everyone oh that day. Oh my God, hero of the nation. <laughs> he, he deserves a Pride of Britain award for that. So he fixed the fridge. He has been there for Jean when she's obviously gone through like her horrific cancer treatment and then losing, losing, <laughs> like obviously not really losing, but losing Daniel and thinking that he had died and Kush was there, f- there for her at that point. And then also Kush is there just to support Kat on a daily basis. He's been there for, for like Sonia and Bex. I mean, the man is like a, a hero. And that brings us on to our Hero of the Week. So, we've just spoke about Kush. And we called him a hero. But you also called him a hero because he won our Hero of the Week with 40% of the vote. Yay! It was a very close one, though. It was close. Yeah, Karen got 27 and Tiffany got 33%. I mean, Karen's always a hero to me, so I don't really mind. She was living her best life in Chantel's, (laughs) wasn't she? She's eating ice cream. Love it. I thought it's very fitting that Kush won because it's his five-year anniversary on the show as well. Oh, Let's give a big shout-out for Kush. Kush, yay! (laughs) (laughs) Don't really have a song for Kush at the moment, but we'll come up with one eventually. We'll come up with one. we come up with every song. (laughs) Uh, if you want to take part in any of our polls, they go up on Friday on our Twitter, and that is at E20Podcast. And you can vote for your Hero of the Week or Slapping Down of the Week. Or should I say, Slapping Down! So yes, Kush is our hero, and let's just talk about all things Kush. I mean, where to begin? Where to begin? Where to begin? It's like I said before, he has been there for everyone on that square at one point or another, um, he's faced massive adversity. He lost his brother. And yes, okay, he's not perfect either because he had like an affair with like Stacey at one point. But like, you know, he lost a child. He's there for Jean when no one else was when Daniel had faked his death. Yeah, because if you think none of the family were no there, were they? No one gave a toss. No one cared. They all just went to like whatever it was that Kat said she already had booked in for the boys or something. Like, I was just like, sorry, Jean has just lost the man that she was falling in love with. You don't want to be there for her for that? But Kush was, and he was there to fix the fridge. And that he, is the main point. I mean, that is the main point, people. <laughs> he was there to fix that fridge. <laughs> he delivered for the nation. <laughs> and that is why Kush is, is our hero, hero of the week. Now it's time for Slapping Dan of the Week. And I can't say I'm surprised. No, I'm not. It's Leo, and he got 62% of the vote. Can we please say Leo, like, Leo, 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 because he's a creep. He's a creep. He's just so creepy. Oh, he's just so creepy. Every time he's on screen, he just makes my skin crawl. It's because you know what he's up to. You know, he's up to shady things. He's worming his way in places. Everything he does is creepy. By the way, for people who can't see, I'm pulling the creepy face as well. I'm doing my best creepy face. <laughs> there's a lot of actions going on there's a lot <laughs> it's very very theatrical here <laughs> hey, hey, letting out your inner leo yeah i'm just letting my inner leo oh god no because god knows where that storyline's gonna go he's just so creepy that's oh. all we can say about him yeah. he's just so creepy so he's getting the slapping down this week so kush was obviously our hero of the week yes. back to good things yes oh Fabulous. Which means he is our rating system of the week. Yay. So how many cushes are you going to give this week's episodes? Oh, I mean, one cush would be enough for me, but I think... <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're being spoiled today. <laughs> oh, I'm being spoiled. I think, I think I'm going to give it three. I think it's, it was a, mid, a middle ground kind of week, I think. I don't think it was anything spectacular. I don't think it was, you know, out of the realms of like what we've seen. I think it was a very safe week. And some of the storylines, I've already said, I don't really like the Ben and Martin storyline. Um, and, you know, uh, that has kind of brought down a few of the points. It's won a few points back with the Tiff and Keegan bit and, and the Whitney Callum little segment. Well, as I said, I would give them an extra point oh. for the cush fridge scene so i'm also giving it three yeah <laughs> it's the ben and martin thing for me that's yeah. brought it to a three i just i don't get it i'm not 
It's invested. not an investable storyline, is it? But I did enjoy some of the lines this week. Whitney walked in when Karen dropped the cake and she's like, someone dropped the cake. You're all so dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> and things that they were funny and I do like the whole Whitney, Leo, Callum, Ben, etc. Yes. <laughs> storyline. And yeah, the thing that brings it down for me is definitely... Ben versus Martin. Yeah. It's just overtaken everything else. It mm. seems to be the main the main point of the episode. Yeah. And I'm really enjoying the things around it more. more. So yeah, that's why it gets a three from me. So, in the spirit of all things Halloween, I've created another new little quiz segment for Emma. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Whose Line Is It Anyway? The threatening edition. Yay! <laughs> so basically, all you have to do, Emma, is I'm going to give you a line. Um, I may even impersonate the person oh, saying the line. <laughs> to the best of my ability, so that should be fun. I will give you a line, and you basically just have to tell me who said it. Okay. You ready? I don't think so, but <laughs> go on. I'll punch you in a minute. That was a terrible impersonation. <laughs> So that was not a clue, was it? <laughs> I'll punch you in a minute. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> the, the light bulbs <laughs> went on, the accent. It was the accent. It's a bad accent and it's a bad imitation, but... Is it Trevor? Yes! <laughs> it was Trevor to little more when he threatens to punch her in the face. Your second quote. One, two, three, four, five. Once I caught a fish alive. <laughs> oh, I gotta know this. Why is you, it a You scary? definitely do. It's like a legendary scene. I'll give you another thing that he says. Ruby! A lot. Well, could it be Johnny Allen? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll definitely not get this one because I've picked a random one. Oh, great. Oh, sorry. Thanks for that. <laughs> so the hint will be useless because actually there's nothing I can give you that'll help. Um, oh, fab. Pass. <laughs> I've got a message for you, old lady. It was Johnny Allen's goon when he threatened Peggy <laughs> Mitchell. <laughs> I was going to say, did someone threatening Peggy? Yeah, it is. It's just a random blow. But I always remember him because he went on to play like loads of other characters in TV series. <laughs> but uh, he's the one who like grabs her and she goes, please don't hurt me. <laughs> I've got that one. So I'll flame me well, kill ya. Oh, is it Pat Butcher? No, is it Peggy Mitchell? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, you should mention Pat. Pat is who she says it to. I'm going to drag you down. Drag you all down, one by one. It was Dark Max when he threatens Jane and everyone else who like basically had him sent to, to jail. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're not... Um, <laughs> nope. I did say this one might be a bit harder. If um, it's just silence, that's me looking blankly at Connor. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you should get this one. Is it Stalker Sarah? <laughs> Close. <laughs> Drown, should I? I'll get your coat. Oh my God, Aunt Babe. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favourite scenes where it's Aunt Babe to, to you know, like the, the cart as grandmother, Sylvie, yes. or whatever her name is. And she says, I like, actually you do remember drowned. this. And she goes, Drown, should I? And then like laughs. And then yeah. she goes, I'll get you coat. So well done. You got that one. <laughs> we can cleanse our sins together. It's Lucas Johnson. Ah, no, I would not have got would that. Would you not got it? No. Nah. Oh, I loved his lines when he used to be obsessed with like punishing the wicked and punishing like the oh, sinners. Oh, yeah. That's what, it, that's what all of his I things I think it's were. because with him, I always remember... Uh, Denise. I remember Denise being locked away and him <laughs> killing Trina with the rake. Oh, the rake. Yeah, I should have just went... <laughs> if you'd done that, I would have went, Trina and Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is another one. Oh, you're gravy. <laughs> oh, you're gravy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you're saying it, keep on saying it. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one person who has that accent. Is that Trevor again? Is yes! It? <laughs> it's Trevor with the gravy 
and a little more on Christmas Day. It's <laughs> <laughs> when he pulls the gravy yeah. on that plate, and then she just goes, "Stop it, Trevor!" And then he just shoves her face. I in just, it. it's your impression of him. It's just the best. I've got <laughs> I love so, it so bad much. This. We're gonna have our own little New Year's Eve together. Or maybe if I said, "Well, Ronnie, we're gonna have our own little New Year's Eve together." Archie was one other man that she was like always battling against the cogs are ticking now i can see emma's emma's really thinking <laughs> i feel like i'm in an exam that <laughs> i'm under pressure and i'm feeling badly oh, there's no pressure no one wins any, i know we get haze. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right last time we did tenable i screwed that up <laughs> it was carl white Oh, Jesus. Do you remember him? No, would not have. <laughs> He's one of my favourite bad boys. I remember him, but God, would I remember his lines? No. <laughs> was either that or, was either going to be that or was going to be, um, your damaged goods, uh, Ronnie. Like, that was what I was going to do. That was actually a good call impression, actually. <laughs> I can do his voice then. <laughs> Should have done that one. <laughs> I've got to have our own letter. Oh, no, no, I've just got completely <laughs> different. You, you've got I'm no fused with him now. <laughs> so. i got two, I think. No, no, you actually did all right. You've got. Oh, I've got a couple of Trevors. So you've got Trevor, Johnny Allen. Oh, yeah. Oh, I've got one. Trevor again. I've, I've t- you uh, forgot one. I forgot one. <laughs> so as a bonus round. Woo! <laughs> um, so as your bonus point, you can earn. I want my baby! Mad me. Yay! It's mad me. That means one, two, three, four, five, six. You got six out of ten. That's good. That's all right, considering I'm absolutely terrible at remembering lines. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) I didn't think the ones I picked were too obscure, and then I realised they probably were. (laughs) Call. Oh yeah, my classic character friend Carl. I loved Carl as a villain, and I loved when Ronnie like slammed his head in that the boot. That was great. <laughs> anyway, from past and dead villains, we move to mostly ghostly. Welcome back to mostly ghostly. I'm the famed psychic Denny Akura, and with me, my wonderful assistant Sharon Fielding. Together. We are going to be visiting the most haunted places in Wolfbutt and trying to rattle a few of the old skeletons. Speak to a couple of those spirits who still linger around this old square. Last episode, we left it outside the Vic and we're about to go inside now. It's cold in here and it's very dark. And it still smells a bit like Pat's cheap perfume. Are you sensing anything, Denny? Yes. Oh, yes. There's a lot of activity here. A lot of activity. There's a lot of spirits here. And I'm not just talking about the cheap knockoff booze that Aunt Babe smuggled in. I mean spirits, restless spirits. Yes. If you didn't know from our last show, Denny communicates with spirits. With the help of a spirit guide, Sometimes it's an Edwardian chimney sweep called Patches. Sometimes it's a woman who tried to kill her husband, called Cindy. Is Cindy saying anything to you now, Denny? No, no. My spirit guide, Cindy, she's ran off. She's ran off looking for someone called Lucy. Lucy, yes. But thankfully, another of my ghost friends has come along to help. He's 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 an older man. It's a friend of mine, Nick Cotton. Oh my God, something's just brushed past me. Did you feel that? Did, did you feel that at all, Denny? Yes. Nick says there's this gentleman here. He's refusing to leave the pub. He's been rattling around the glasses here for some time. It's my pub. My pub, he says. Yes, mine. You'll never get at me out of here alive. There has been a few owners of the Queen Vic. Could you possibly narrow it down for us, Denny and Nick? I've got a, a pain at the back of my head. A pain. That's what I'm feeling, pain at the back of my head. I'm very angry. He says, he says, I feel like he's angry at, at a woman. Oh, 
um, more than one woman, but he says, there's no one around here. There's no one around here that I give a toss about. It's getting very cold in here, you know. It's getting very, can you feel that? Sweat's getting colder all of a sudden. He died here. Yes. Yes. Right here in the pub. On that floor. Right where you're standing, Sharon. I thought I'd just seen an orb. Oh, he's just moved towards you, Sharon. Oh, my God. He seems to think, he seems to think you're someone he knows. A, a prin, pr- princess. Yes, princess. That's what he's saying. I'm not here to harm anyone, okay? Is there any way you could just calm down for a moment? I'm just getting something in my ear. Okay, I'm hearing that apparently there was a man who used to own here called Den Watts. Yes! Yes! The pain in the back of his head, that could be down to being hit by a dog doorstop. Yes, yes. Yes, dog door stop. Yes, that's what he's saying. Yes. He says this was his pub and he's Den Watts. Oh my God, I think so. He's just grabbed me. I think he's still here, Denny. Get off her. Get off her. There's another spirit here. He's interrupting Den. Den's gone. Oh my God, who is it? He's a tall man, very tall man. He's an older gentleman, Sharon, an older gentleman. But there's something, there's nothing gentle about him. He's very fixated on this pub. It was his pub. His pub. And he's waiting here for his girls to come back to him. Is he a good spirit at all? And could he give us a sign? No, he's a very angry spirit. Very angry. <coughs> Do you just hear that, Sharon? Oh my God, I don't like it, Danny. I think, I think we should get out of the way. He wants Veronica to know. Veronica to know he's waiting for her. He says, you're no match for me. That's to us. He's, he's, he's very angry with us. He doesn't want us here. But why Sharon. is he angry with us? We're not doing anything. We're not wanting to harm you. He says he isn't waiting because all he needs to do is snap his fingers and they'll come running. All the girls will come running for him. He's Archie Mitchell. Yes, Archie Mitchell. That's who he is. Yes. Apparently he also got hit over the head in the pub too. But yes. By... The Queen Vic bus. He's saying Victoria. Wait, there's another spirit. Oh my God, there's so many spirits in here. She's just came through. She's just came through. She sent them both running. She's telling them, get out of her pub. Her pub. Did you hear the door slam? There's a, there's a lady here. She's a very sad lady. She's very smartly dressed, this lady. Small and angry, but smartly dressed. Blonde, but I don't think it's natural. She wants us to leave as well. She's telling us to sling your oak. That's what she says. Sling your oak. The bell's going. We're going to have to leave. We're going to have to leave, Sharon. Nick says he can't protect us anymore. Because this is Peggy Mitchell. She's old East End. Real East End. Proper. Let's get out. We need to go to the allotments. Anywhere but here. Come on. Today's episode was sponsored by and Babes Real Estate. If you fancy owning a cursed pub, then why not give her a call? We're not 100% sure she is selling this legally. I curse you.